for the privilege and opportunity to be here in your presence. Father God, thank you for taking your time with us, for loving us so much, giving us exactly what we need. Father, I pray that only your word would be the words that I speak, Lord God, that you would fill my mouth, Lord God, with what you want me to say, to deliver your word, Father God, in the manner in which you intend for it to be delivered. Father, change us, continue to transform us, Lord. Do what you know we need to have done. Encourage us, Lord God. Spark that fire in us. Renew us. Renew our minds, Father God, by your word today. In Jesus' name, we thank you and give you praise. Amen. Hallelujah. So as the Lord has been ministering to me about this particular passage, he gave me several words uh, of the Lord. Um, a couple of which I, I will share with you today. But um, the first one, we're going to be talking about um, John the Baptist, about his life, about his call, about his ministry, about his purpose. And that's a common passage of scripture that we've heard over and over again, probably throughout our walk and something hit me differently about this passage of scripture this time around. And then the Lord gave me this word that I believe, yes, definitely for me, but I believe that he wants me to share it with all of us. <clears throat> we know that John the Baptist was known for many things, one of which for being a voice crying out in the wilderness. And the word of the Lord to me, for all of us, he said, to be a voice, an instrument, a vessel yielded to him and what he has called us to do. That he himself may use us to declare, to demonstrate, and walk out this calling, that the world may come to know him. So let the life so let the light of life so shine in you. For now is the time coming and is of great challenge when those, who are, when those who are enemies of the kingdom of God feel their power is great and growing. But now is no time for us, the people of God, to relent, to retreat, or to hold back. But now is the time to press forward to be clearly focused on the great work of the kingdom, for the battle does not relent, nor does the enemy's strategies. Now is the time for the greatness of my glory to shine through, and through you let my light so shine, for it is the life of the light that men shall receive and need to know. Amen. So that was the end and the of that particular word that he gave me. And I'd like to ask you to turn with me to John, the book of John, <clears throat> chapter one. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Now, John, a few things that we probably know about him, but 
the meaning of his name is that John, John means that God is favorable. God is favorable. And throughout the scriptures, even Jesus said, called John one of the last prophets of the Old Testament before the Messiah was to come. Jesus said that of him. And you'll find that in the book of Matthew chapter 11. We know that he was born to Zechariah and Elizabeth in their old age, because they were old, when the Lord gave them, gave John to him, to them. And we'll read about that a little bit in the book of Luke. And we'll read about his call to ministry. And in particular, when and kind of what he did with that, with that call. Amen. So John was a, he was a, a peculiar kind of guy. He was a, an uncommon kind of guy. But you know what? It reminds me of us because I recall a scripture that calls us a peculiar people. That calls us a peculiar people, a chosen generation and a royal priesthood, a holy nation. Amen? That we should show forth the praises of him who have called us out of the darkness and into his marvelous light. Well, that's what he did with John. And that's what he's doing with us. Amen? So let's begin to read in the book of John, chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning, and I'm reading from the Amplified Version. I just love the way that it just kind of expounds on the word. So it's a little bit different from your King James and your new King James that you might be following along with. But in the beginning, before all time, was the word. Christ, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God himself. He was present originally with God. All things were made and came into existence through him, and without him was not even one thing made that has come into being. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines on in the darkness, for the darkness has not overpowered it, put it out, absorbed it, or appropriated it, and it's unreceptive to it. Remember that. We're going to come back to that. There came a man sent from God whose name was John. This man came to witness that he might testify of the light, that all men might believe in adhere to it, trust in it, and rely upon it through him. He was not the light himself, but came that he might bear witness regarding the light. There it was. The true light was then coming into the world, the genuine, perfect, steadfast light that illumines every person. He came into the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. That does not sound surprising. We see that every single day. Did not know him. He came to that which belonged to him, to his own, his domain, creation, his things, the world. And they who were his own did not receive him and did not welcome him, but to as many as did receive and welcome him, he gave the authority, the power, the privilege, and the right to become the children of God. That is, to those who believe in, adhere to, and trust in, and rely 
on his name. Who owe their, both, their birth neither to blood nor to the will of the flesh. Nor to the will of man, but to God. And the word became flesh and tabernacled among us. And we saw his glory, such glory as an only begotten son receives from his father, full of grace and truth. Well, John testified about him, the Christ, and cried out, this was he of whom I said, he who comes after me has priority over me, for he was before me. He takes rank above me, and he existed before I did. He has advanced before me because he is my chief. For out of his fullness, his abundance, we have all received and had a share. And we are all supplied with one grace after another and one spiritual blessing upon another spiritual blessing and even favor upon favor and gift heaped upon gift. And we go down to the 20th verse and it says that he confessed, John, he confessed, he admitted the truth and he did not try to conceal who he was, but he acknowledged, I am not the Christ. He was being pressed by the Pharisees and the Sadducees at this time. And in verse 23, he said, I am the voice of one crying aloud in the wilderness, the voice of one shouting in the desert, prepare the way of the Lord, level straight out the path of the Lord, as the prophet Isaiah said. And in verse 26, John said, he answered them, I baptize with water. Among you, there stands one whom you do not recognize and with whom you are not acquainted and of whom you know nothing. So we're going to talk about the life of John the Baptist. Let's turn to the book of Luke. Luke 1, and we're going to read um, a couple of verses from there just to explain a little bit about who he is, who he was, how he came to be. Thank you, Lord. You know, as I've gotten a little further down the road, I've become more interested in people's life journey because a lot of the time what we see is a culmination of everything that got them there and what they went through in their experiences that actually got them to that place. So what we are seeing really is, is, is the manifestation of the pain and the change and the disappointment and whatever else they had to live through. And we see the prize, so to speak, if you will. We're looking at um, the finished product almost, although none of us are finished, but more finished than we were before we started. Amen? So let's read in Luke chapter 1. Thank you, Lord Jesus. 
when the angel of the Lord came to Zechariah and began to share with him that the Lord had heard him, had heard his cry, heard his petition, and that he was going, the Lord was going to give Zechariah and Elizabeth a son. And the angel not only told Zechariah about that, but he began to tell Zechariah exactly who his son was going to be and what his son was going to do and what effect his son was going to have on the world. So in verse 13, let's pick up there, I believe. And it says, but the angel said to him, do not be afraid, Zechariah, because your petition was heard and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son and you must call his name John. You must call his name John. You see, you must, he must, because God had a purpose already spoken, intended, and set in motion for John. Amen? And he said that in verse 14, and you shall have joy and exultant delight, and many will rejoice over this birth. And he's beginning to talk about the effect that John will have on the people. And he will be great and distinguished in the sight of the Lord, and he must drink no wine, no strong drink, and he will be filled with and controlled by the Holy Spirit, even in and from his mother's womb. And we remember that when Mary, Elizabeth's cousin, came to see her when she was also with child, how they related to one another. Jesus was in the womb of Mary, and John was in the womb of Elizabeth, and John leaped in Elizabeth's womb. Amen? So even from the womb, he was controlled by the Holy Spirit. And in verse 16, and he will turn back the call and cause to return many of the sons of Israel to the Lord their God, Jesus. And he will himself go before him in the, in the spirit and the power of Elijah and turn back the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient and the incredulous and the unpersuadable to the wisdom of the upright. This is speaking to the state that the world was going to be in when John arrived on the scene. Jesus. And that wisdom and uh, bringing that wisdom and upright, which is the knowledge and the holy love of the will of God. In order, why was he going to be doing this and having this particular effect on the people? In order to make ready for the Lord a people perfectly prepared in spirit, adjusted and disposed and, dis and placed in the right moral state. For what? For Jesus. For Jesus. John the Baptist came to declare and testify of the light of the life that was in Jesus. And that Jesus was going to come on the scene and be the Messiah that they had been waiting for all of this time. And that John was going to be that uncommon kind of guy preaching in the wilderness. In the wilderness where nobody wanted to be. 
Nobody wanted to be, but he chose to live there. I believe for several different reasons. Not to be a part of what was going on. You know, the dysfunction that was going on in the temple, in the city, in the towns. What was going on in the church amongst the people of, of God at that time. He knew that he was to be set apart. He knew that he was called out. Amen? Hallelujah. Now turn with me to Luke chapter 3. Thank you, Jesus. Luke chapter 3. And let's go to uh, verse number 2. And it begins to say that in the high priesthood of Annas and Caiaphas, I'm sure I said that wrong, the word of the Lord, the word of God, concerning the attainment through Christ of salvation in the kingdom of God, came to John, the son of Zechariah, in the wilderness, in the desert. And this is when I believe that John knew that he was called to ministry. That word of the Lord came to John in the wilderness, in the desert. And then, who knows how much time was in between, but it just goes directly into saying, he then got up and he went into all the country round about the Jordan, preaching a baptism of repentance, a hearty amending of their ways with an abhorrence from past wrongdoing unto forgiveness of sin. That he immediately... When he recognized that he was called of God, he immediately got up and went into the wilderness and began to declare the word of the Lord, began to preach the word of the Lord. He began to be who God called him to be. He stepped right into being. And God is calling us to step into being. Be who you be. I know that's not good English, but he wants us to be who we be, who we supposed to be. Amen? Hallelujah. Well, John, a voice crying in the wilderness, he was, as I said, peculiar and kind of an uncommon guy because he wore strange clothing, clothing made of camel hair, and he ate weird food. Maybe he was a vegan. I don't know. But he ate honey and locusts and, I mean, I don't, natural. I don't know. But he was an uncommon sort of guy. Amen. But you know what? He did not allow that uncommonness to sway him from the call that was on his life. He stayed in the desert. He may have come in town and left town, but only to bring the word. And until he became in prison, he preached the word of God in the wilderness. And he baptized in the wilderness. I only make that a point because he stayed in his lane. He walked out his ministry. He did what God called him to do where he called him to do it and the way that he called him to do it. He didn't try to take on the role of someone else because he wanted to be known or seen as somebody else. To be seen like somebody more haughty or somebody who is in a, a higher position than him. He didn't do that. He stayed in the wilderness in his camel hair, eating locusts and honey. He stayed in his lane. He did what God called him to do. Amen? Thank you, Lord Jesus.
And the scripture that we're reading talks about that light, that light that illumines every person, that shines out of all of us. And the word of the Lord said, not that manufactured light that we create for ourselves. Because see, sometimes we want others to see us differently. We want the approval of, and we want people to give us the accolades to the light or the person that we have created, that we want people to see. Not who God perhaps truly has not created us to be, but who we want people to see that we are. Okay, and then when we are doing that, we are out of our lane. Do you understand that we cannot walk in the fullness of the purpose that God has called us to when we are busy doing that? Amen? Thank you, Lord Jesus. Now let's go back to the book of John where we began And let's begin at verse number four and dig into a couple of the things that I believe are significant here. Thank you, Jesus. In verse four, it begins to talk about in him, which is Jesus, was life. And the life was the light of men. That life by definition, is a state of one who is possessed with a vitality or is animated, okay? Uh, a, A life real and genuine, a life active and vigorous, devoted to God, a blessed life. That life that shines through and comes out of the light, and that light by definition to shine or make manifest, especially uh, like rays, a luminous, kind of like a glow, kind of like a glow. And the word depicts that as the light of man. Well, that is the light that is Jesus, that light that is in all of us. And when you walk into a room, the glow that emanates from you is the light, which is the life that Jesus is inside of you. It's not about you. You probably do look good when you walk in because I'm sure you took the time to make yourself up and make sure you had on the the proper clothing. You did your hair. You probably had your nails done. But guess what? The light is the light of the Holy Ghost, the light of the power of God that is in you to do what? To draw men to him, to him, not to you. But guess what? They're going to come to you because they are drawn to the light. They're drawn to the light. And they're drawn to the light that is in you so that you can deliver the word of the Lord to them. Why? That they might be saved. That they too might give their lives to the Lord and begin to walk out their journey and fulfill their purpose in this great kingdom of God that we walk in and live in. Amen? That's all. That's all. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. In verse 5, it begins to say, and the light shines on in the darkness. Well, the darkness is a dimness, is is a kind of a shadiness, something that hides away from the light, kind of an obscurity. You can't really see it. You can't really figure it all out. Well, the darkness is sometimes where a lot of, we find a lot of people. 
their minds are affected by that darkness. Their, their, uh, uh, their, their situation, their circumstances, their environment is darkness. And John was coming in to a time such as this, where the minds of the people were affected by the darkness that they, were, that they had allowed themselves to, to be surrounded by. And the Lord gave me this word about that. The world did not know him, speaking of Jesus when he came into the world. They didn't know him because of the element of darkness that saturated it and influenced it. Veiled over and seared their hearts, their, their heart, their eyes, and their mind. And that darkness was doing only what it was characteristic of doing being opposite of light. That's it. And that ought to be the opposite of every single one of us. Amen? As a result of being affected by the darkness, people are not living in the light. Do you hear me, church? As a result of being affected by the darkness, people are not living in the light, nor are they seeking to live in the light. Thank you, Lord. Verse 5 goes on to say that the light shines on in the darkness, for the darkness has never overpowered it, like taking it over. It can't forcefully push it out. Darkness cannot forcefully push light out. Do you understand? Darkness cannot forcefully push light out. Now, I've been in places where, you know, it could be an event. It could be, it could be anywhere. You could be on the job. You could be in a grocery store. You could be waiting for a train. But you know what? Recognize when the atmosphere changed because of an element of darkness that entered. We have got to be sensitive to where we are and not just live going with the flow, doing what everybody is doing, going with, along with what everybody is saying that we should be doing. We have got to stop doing that. Stop being afraid to live in the light because we have got to recognize when the atmosphere shifts, we are living in such a time that things are changing moment by moment, millisecond by millisecond, if I can even say that. We are living in such a time. So it is time for us to stop being afraid to live in the light. Because those that are affected by the darkness that is around them need you, need you to do a couple of things. Point it out and to stand in the gap and to be the light that forces the darkness out. Amen? Amen? Jesus, hallelujah! Jesus. The darkness has never overpowered it, put it out, or absorbed the light, or appropriated it, and is unreceptive to it. That ain't no joke. A whole lot of stuff will turn around when they see you coming in. Or when they see you there, oh, gotta go, I can't stay here, gotta go. You know, and thank the Lord, we didn't need you here no way. Not the person, but the darkness or the element of darkness that they may perhaps bring with them. Amen.
God has given us a voice, a voice, just like John being that voice, crying out in the wilderness, crying out in the wilderness, declaring the Christ, declaring the Savior, declaring the salvation and the redemption that Christ brings. Everybody, not everybody, but a lot of the people that we come in contact with, people are hurting. People are in pain. People are disappointed. People lack direction. People are confused. They need. Yes. And I tell you that depression and diagnosis of depression and what the bipolar and these different um, diagnoses that I'm hearing a lot of these days and, and, and uh, drug abuse is at an all-time high. My God. All-time high. In years past, we did not hear of these things. And if it was going on, it wasn't spoken of. It wasn't shared. It wasn't dwelled on. It was a way of life. But now, it's at the top of the news every day. And it is in the lives of each and every one of us. In the lives of each and every one of us. It is affecting us. It's affecting the people that we know. It's affecting the people that we divinely come in contact with. You divinely come in contact with person for a reason. It may be that one time. A lot of the times God divine and because of a need that someone has, God may purposefully bring them your way. You better have a word for them. You better let that light shine. You better not, as the song says, hide it under a bushel because you don't want to be recognized. Come on now, it's time out for that. We need to stop it. Jesus, glory to your name. Thank you, Lord Jesus. In verse 6, it says that there came a man sent by God whose name was John. And this man, he came to witness. And we talked about this. And I declare, this is the very purpose. And I said this before, the very purpose for which John came. To witness that he might testify of the light that all men might believe in it, adhere to it, trust in it, and rely upon it through him. That's you and me, folks. That's you and me. That we bear witness to the very act of things that Christ has done in our lives. That he saved us. That he lifted us from the miry clay and set our foot upon a rock. That he healed us from sickness and disease, that he brought us up out of a depressed state. Amen. That he set us free from being overwhelmed by debt. Cause we, so we don't have no money to do anything with or to help anybody with. Come on. Jesus. This is us, church. We're talking about John, but church, this is us. Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. 
Glory to your name, Father God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Now let's go on to talk about when John recognized who he was and what he did about it. Let's just go further into the book of John. Let's go over to verse 20, where the Sadducees and the Yes, priests, but, <laughs> but they were pressing him because he had been doing a mighty work of the Lord. He had been baptizing, he had been preaching, he had been doing these things that made people question and wonder, well, who is he? Is he Elijah? Is he, is he the Messiah? Who is he? And they said, they came, a group of them, who are you? They said, no, really, tell us who, who you are. And he confessed, in verse number 20, confessed and admitted the truth and did not try to conceal it, but acknowledged that I am not the Christ. See, he recognized who he was not. <laughs> he recognized who he was not. But in that, he recognized who he was. He knew what he had been called to do. Jesus. He said, I am not the Christ. And then they asked him, well, what then? Are you Elijah? And he said, I am not. Are you the prophet? And he answered, no. <laughs> and then they said to him, well, who are you? Tell us so that we can give an answer to those that sent us. See, the, 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 the head priest wanted to know, who is that guy out there in the wilderness? doing these things that you guys bring me report of. He says, what do you say about yourself? This is what they said to him. And then John commenced to say, he said, I am the voice of one crying aloud in the wilderness. The voice of the one shouting in the desert. And what is that voice saying? Prepare the way of the Lord. Level, straighten out the path of the Lord as the prophet Isaiah said. That's all. And every account that I read of John the Baptist, of his purpose and his ministry and what he was doing said exactly that. He never veered from or allowed the pressure to change him. He did not allow the pressure of people, of what was going on, because the press of people were coming, the people with needs were coming, but also those who were watching what was happening were coming. But he did not allow that to change him. He stayed on course. He stayed on course. And he continued to be the voice of the one crying aloud in the wilderness. And the Lord is saying that to us today, church, to continue to be the voice, that we need to be the voice of one crying aloud in the wilderness. The wilderness being this world that we live in. This world that we live in, being affected by the darkness that seems to try to permeate the minds and the hearts of people that keeps the veil over their eyes and their hearts. 
He wants us to be that light. He wants us us to be that voice crying out and declaring the word of the Lord, making way and preparing the way for Jesus to come and touch and draw those people who do not know him. You see, what we focus on is something that will develop similar to a camera. The things that we pay attention to, the things that we spend our time doing, the things that we uh, give value to, that's what's going to show up. That's what's going to show up. And the Lord gave me this word as we begin to kind of wrap up here. Because my people are oppressed by the world system, they lack the confidence to believe in themselves, to see themselves in the image in which I have made them and see themselves actually carrying out, walking, and living in the manner in which my word paints the picture and describes. It is a real place, my kingdom. I am the king And this is my domain, and you are my children. And because I have chosen you, I have given you power, anointing, and ability to do as I have done, to speak with power, to expect me to show up on behalf of what I have said, to manifest my word. So speak it. Go do it. Live it. Rid yourselves of the fear that grips you in such a way that you have fooled, that you have fooled yourselves and allowed yourself to think that you are free when you still hold back in obedience to me. You fear what you think the cost is. But are you not the least bit concerned with what it truly is costing you not to obey. Freedom, true liberty, no spiritual limits, love unlimited, life unlimited. Oh, what a place. What a space in this timeless existence. And this is what I have for you because I truly do love you and only see you in the manner that I have created you, doing what I have purposed and intended for you to do. For you are my very own, now and forever. So rise, rise up in this moment and be who you truly are. Amen, amen. The Lord loves us so much. And it is just time out for us playing charades, putting on costumes and pretending to be someone different. We need to be exactly who God has called us to be. We need to be exactly who he formed and shaped and is constantly transforming us to be. Children of the most high God, vessels of the light, vessels of the light vessels of the light. What an honor it is to be a vessel of the light. And that light carries the life 
the L-I-F-E, that will affect the hearts and the minds of people that so desperately need him. God is calling us, calling us to be that voice, crying out in the wilderness, church. Let's stand to our feet. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah.